uh, it's a good time for me to share with you something which has been a very hot topic for uh, Malaysia, especially Malaysia. Uh, because this year we have launched the My Digital. We realized that digital transformation is very key for Malaysia. Uh, earlier before My Digital, which was in 2018, we have launched the Industry Forward, which is the Industry 4.0 uh, strategic framework. And even before that, in 2014, uh, Malaysia have launched uh, IoT strategic framework, uh, a blueprint. So you will see that uh, as early as 2014, this is when uh, Malaysia start to uh, uh, hear about the term Internet of Things. So it has been quite a long journey, especially people like us who have been in the industry trying to uh, promote and also educate and also implement IoT. Because the reason being is that, uh, it's not to say that only Malaysia, but there's a lot of other countries around the world have the same feeling too, when this new technology comes in place. So I will assume, give me an assumption first, because I don't know what kind of audience I have here. So we have about 84 participants inside the Zoom, and most likely we might have a lot more outside here from, from this uh, uh, Zoom session. What we are seeing is that uh, maybe I would like to ask uh, you maybe why are you interested about IoT or you know uh, IR 4.0? You might be at the end user sites, which you feel that you have a big problems that you want to solve these current problems that you have, and you plan to deploy the IoT. You want to IoTize the organization, and you want to identify what's the best approach and how you whether you want to plan this in-house that you want to do in-house development or you just want to outsource it. Uh, sometimes you, you just don't have enough people to do in-house. So normally you would do this out, out, uh, outsource it. But of course, you need to understand what are the elements inside the IoT. So easy for you to uh, work together with the people that you outsource the implementation. And most likely, maybe you, you are from the vendor or the startups the startups who feels that what kind of new business that you want to venture in? Is this something that you can create new revenue streams? Or you might be an existing vendor who wants to expand their business. You have a certain product, but you feel that the products have already have reached its own maturity, but you want to expand with new technology, with new uh, the hype that we are talking about. So can you create new products out of IoT? Or you might be as just a system integrator, assuming that your system integrator, you have been doing maintaining uh, solutions using uh, different technologies. And now you feel that, can you value add this IoT for your existing customers? So this is where I think I would believe that this session, maybe for one hour, is a very short time, uh, to understand the overall concept about IoT, how it benefits uh, all of us, and maybe how what are the necessary steps for us to move forward. Yeah. So this is something that I would like to share with you today. Yeah. Of course, I think by the end of the uh, presentation, uh, I, I know that you want this question is that you want the slides. Okay, later, it's, it's okay. After you have listened to all the presentation, we will provide you with the particular slides. But did you know that the first time that uh, we coined the term IoT, it was by the father of IoT, lah, yeah? that is Kevin Ashton. That was 1999. This was like 21 years ago. So uh, it was very long time ago. But the question is, why Malaysia, for example, only know about IoT in 2014? 
The reason being, if you look at Google Trends and you look at Malaysia and you type IoT Malaysia as a country, you see that Malaysia start to Google the word IoT, trying to search and understand in only 2014. Whereas the term IoT have been coined in 1999. So what? That is a long time ago. And Industrial Revolution 4.0, the reason in 2018 is because Malaysia launched the, the industry forward. And that's why we start to understand, hey, what is the term 4.0? But then we get confused because some people say that it's 4.0, industry 4.0, some people say industrial revolution 4.0. Why is so different in IR and without the R thing? <laughs> so uh, before that, you've got to understand that there is always this cycle of technology and uh, will actually obsolete a lot of businesses. So if we don't transform ourselves, you know, every two, three to seven years, the organization needs to transform because technology like this comes in cycle in ripples of technology and they will replace the existing technology. So what you are seeing now is that most likely 90% of the company after 50 years, only this company exists. We know that the way that we do things have already changed. The way that we take photos, no longer on film, we always on digital. The way that we listen, the audio cassette tape, I don't think anyone of you are still using cassette tape and we're using Spotify now. And the way that we uh, view the videos, VHS, remember, some of us might not even remember this device. Now we have been using YouTube, Netflix, iFlix. So everything now is turned to digital and all of these products have been obsolete. There's no longer that we supported here. So the same thing with other technologies. Uh, technologies like this will converge and you will see that a simple device like a phone have multiple purpose. Yeah? All the things that you have been doing traditionally on email, telephone, calendar, uh, capturing a video, image, and all that is now converged into one single device. So that's the biggest impact what happened when transformation like this uh, comes in place. So let's talk about the industrial revolution. I will talk to you later. Why revolution? Why suddenly there's revolution? Why there's why 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 call revolution? Not just industry 4.0. At one time they call it industry 4.0. You know that these are the, the normal uh, things that we have listened most of the time, talking about industry one, which is mechanic, mechanization, steam engine. The moment you introduce electricity, you have mass production in the, 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 the factory. You can do uh, you know, uh, uh, mass production. I mean, using, happy, uh, using the, helping the people that are using electrical. And then in Industry 3.0, in computers, semiconductors are being introduced. Internet is being introduced. And then the 4.0, where the cyber physical, where you have this IoT comes in place. That's the Industry 4.0. But there's another group of people, they talk about 1.0, society 1.0 to society 5.0. And then you get confused. You know? In Japan, for example, that's how they define it. They, when they define society 1.0, they focus on the society base, how they, they, they live during that time. That was during the hunting society. When these people move towards agricultural society, that's society 2.0. And people become industrialized, they become 3.0 society. Then they become information society that's 4.0. Now they call society 5.0 a super smart society because that's where the technologies like AI, virtual reality, robotics come in place. 
but I have also my own definition too. So the way that I look at things. So when I look at IR 4.0, for example, again, in, in IR 4.0, uh, it's easy to, to, to differentiate that. If you're using manual things, very physical tools, you are in that particular era. That's how we live. But when you are being introduced with electrical, then you're 2.0. When internet, you are using internet, then you are using 3.0. So when you're using technologies, which is very intelligent, which is like robotics, AR, VR, you're 4.0. And it doesn't limit in, only in factories, manufacturing sector. That's what industry 4.0 being defined. But industrial revolution 4.0 covers a lot more. So in fourth industrial revolution, it goes to many sectors, not only manufacturing sectors, agriculture, healthcare, education, you name it. That's it. So in World Economic Forum, they might define this as their technologies in the uh, IR 4.0. Yeah. So they, they define space technologies, something which don't have, they might define biotechnology, they might have blockchain, and they might have advanced materials. So it depends. So in different sectors, you might be focusing different pillars of technology. Not necessarily you will cover all the technologies. For example, when we launch Industry Forward, they launch this and we see that technologies like uh, AI, augmented reality, additive manufacturing, uh, internet of things, cloud computing, robotics, and these are the pillars of technology that they define in Industry Forward. But that is meant for manufacturing sector. Doctor, uh, one question yeah. uh, regarding this enabling technologies. How, how is it really coping with the areas of technology that you have mentioned in the previous slide? Meaning to say, is it developing at the same speed of what is uh, demanded by all those industries? Yes. So what we are seeing now is that all over the world are moving towards these technologies. Yeah. So, uh, and when we define this technology in our sector, that's how we, 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 we need to follow that pace. Lah. So uh, that's how we, we need to do uh, catching up most likely because a lot of the countries have already implemented the 4.0 technologies and maybe we, we are not, you know, because some, some AI is very sophisticated in other technologies where they use AI for face recognition, for example, in China, but uh, that technologies have not been implemented here. Yeah. Okay. But when we look at construction, recently they have launched a, 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 a blueprint too. So they have defined another 12 technologies, which is slightly different from what World Economic Forum. So we see that like uh, 3D scanning, autonomous construction, you know, uh, this is something very new, building, advanced building materials, BIM, for example. Uh, that, that is something that being focused in construction. So that's why when, when we launched the industry forward, we, we feel that it, it cannot be limited to in the manufacturing. If you are in healthcare, you might define your own enabling technologies, the pillars of technology. Yeah? So that's what we suggest. So the question is how, where is Malaysia actually? So this is what we have been doing and asking the general public, the industry, and uh, whether they know where they are. So then we, we, we know that where is our gap? Where, where do we stand and how far we are from the real 4.0? So that's okay. the question. That if I ask. may, Doctor, uh, who is yeah. doing the gap analysis for this IR 4.0, especially for the SMEs? Okay, currently it's MITI. They are doing that. So they have what we call uh, the uh, IR 4.0 readiness assessment. So they will go for the selected SMEs and they will uh, SMEs who uh, request for them to be uh, assessed. And then they will see where's the gap. So they might be at 1.0, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, 1.10, 1.11, 1.12, 1.13, 1.14, 1.15, 1.16
in between or 4.0. So from there, then they come to another stage where we call readiness as uh, intervention, 4.0 intervention program, where we need to put up a, a proposal, what are the gaps that we need to reduce, yeah? So, but then we need to understand. To understand is quite easy. Um, yeah, okay, I think the, the members got to understand you. The way that we cook, in which era do you think that we, this era that we are cooking? If you are still using this kind of <laughs> stove and all that, you know, the fire in the kampung and all that, you are 1.0, yeah? But if you're using electrical oven, maybe it's 2.0. Still not microwave. Maybe microwave, you have that digital thing. You are 3.0, uh, that's electronics. But 4.0 is the era of where you have a digital 3D food. You print on 3D food. Are we in the era of 4.0? No, we are still at 3.0. Okay? So don't claim ourselves that we are cooking at 4.0 era. The way that we teach education system, how do we teach our children in the, in the schools or in the universities? If we are still using the whiteboard, the blackboard, we are still the era 1.0. The physical thing, the physical tools. If you're using OHP, the electric, it's still electrical, but plastic, the transparency, you are 2.0. But if, okay, now we are online, webinar, we are 3.0. But are we really in 4.0? Where technologies like virtual reality, augmented reality, you have teachers, which is robots. So we are that era 4.0. So we are still at 3.0, right? And most likely in the, uh, the rural areas, they are still 1.0. And when there's no electrical, they are still 1.0. So the way that we transact, of course, maybe in urban area, we are much more sophisticated. Lah. But of course, there are certain areas where in 1.0, you use physical things, the way we transact. But then when we have cash register or calculator, maybe at 2.0. In 3.0, you use credit card. It's online. Uh, but 4.0, of course, lah, we use this. Apple Watch, whatever, credit card, e-wallet, uh, sorry, e-wallet to do the transaction. So most likely uh, we are 4.0. That's good. But on average, when we ask everyone, uh, this one from out my side, lah, I just look at our community and ask the industry. Uh, it's not far from the real, the, 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 the official one, but we say we ourselves at 2.7 on average. Yeah. So, so do you know why 2.7? We realized when during COVID-19, a lot of people have lack of access to internet. That's the basic infrastructure for 3.0. If you don't have internet access, we are not in, even in 3.0. So that's the condition. That's why I think then we realize my digital is very important. Uh, that's why we need to go back, a step back and say that let's transform ourselves with digital internet access and so on and so forth. Barulah kita fikir that we can move forward to 4.0 with all new technologies. If you don't have the fundamental, that's where we need to, you know, step back and understand this is our gap. Doctor, interest starts with the people doing the, the technology or also who are fond of the technology. Now, how do we create interest at home and among the SME operators so that they are going to be inclined towards this IR 4.0? It starts with the education. It starts with the education. You, you cannot go and once you start working and force them with new technologies, it's very difficult. That's why I think with the new generation that we are seeing now, they are more interested in technologies. So that's why science and technology should be introduced early, at a very early stage, at a very young stage. Then you see the secondary school and then the universities. Once they go out, they are ready. So when we talk about this, we pitched this idea in 2014 about IoT. 
the the university for example said to say that their their contents are still old syllabus they are not being refreshed with the right contents so the generation that goes out is not even equipped with the latest thing so they 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 caught unaware so what what's happening now the industry wants them but but they are not ready so now we are seeing that a lot of universities have been revamping their syllabus courses and all that now we are seeing new generations are coming out new graduates with the new skills so they are more excited because if we, these people are go out and they, we don't give them the right opportunity then it's also bad they they they, they feel depressed and demotivated because the organization don't want to change so uh, that's a big question that comes to later about the challenges that we are facing yeah so when we see this ripples of technology we cannot avoid them internet for example goes with three technology three ripples of technology or the tsunami I call it the fixed internet which is on your desktop then we move to mobile internet you can see more people using internet but when we go have internet of things it's not only 8 billion phones you might have 20 billion devices attached to the internet for example uh, you look at technology cycles like uh, mobile mobile now we are in the fifth generation every generation lasts for 10 years cycle they matured at the fifth year. The, the first generation of mobile is analog. When they introduce the second generation, the first generation already peaked. And then they, they introduce the second generation with digital. So the same goes every cycle. So now we, when we know that five fifth generation is being introduced, actually the fourth generation should be peaked, already matured. When they introduce the fifth generation, the sixth generation start to do research. Uh, so when the fifth generation they pick maybe at 2025 the sixth generation will be introduced so we cannot run away because now a lot of other generations networks are being being, being, being obsolete already yeah so the question how many devices personally you are being connected to uh, you might have a phone sometimes two phone an ipad you have a watch you might have a, i have a, a pressure which is a blood pressure which is wireless I have a speaker which is also wireless. I have my home which is the lights is also wireless being attached. Then I have my weighing machine is also wireless. I have a, I have a, a Fokai, the one that can monitor my, my breathing pattern that tells me whether I'm focusing on my work or not. <laughs> That's another story. But it's also wireless. It's an IoT device. Uh, so it can tell you uh, when is the time frame that you are distracted or you know, you're focused in your work. So there's a lot of many devices. So some people say that you might have six devices per person. So 8 billion people, you might have 48 billion devices. You know, so that's a lot of devices that's being attached to. That's only for personal. personal. But what about organization, corporates and all that? So when we talk about IoT, uh, there are many ways of definition, but the simplest way we define them by layers or components. There are four layers of IoT. The, the, the first layer will be the sensors layers. You know, the analog sensors now being turned into digital. You know, temperature, humidity, pressure, care sensors are all now being digital. And then we have connectivity, all the fixed, whether fixed network or wireless network. But most IoT are being attached to a wireless connectivity. And then you must have a way for you to collect the data, park the data. So it's the IoT middleware, the platform that collect all the sensors from different protocols. And then you have a way to derive the insights. You must have applications. You can create new workflow. You need to see your, uh, the analytics part. So you have the applications on top of that. 
So this is how the four main components. Then we call them IoT. Otherwise, it's only IoT device. It's only IoT connectivity, but it's not end-to-end. -end. So to provide a solution, you must have all these four components. Otherwise, it's just like bits and pieces. So no one, no organization can have or develop everything. So that's why in this IoT world, we cooperate, we, uh, we work together as a partner to come with a solution. Uh, in our case, we are platform provider. We, we, we develop our own platform. So we are the third layer. So connectivity, as I mentioned, people get confused when we go detail, maybe in the different uh, course or whatever, but connectivity-wise, there is IoT network, IoT connectivity, not the, the current one, which is like 3G, 4G, 5G is the normal one, but there is specific for sensor network. So you have NB-IoT, like you have LTEM, you have LoRa, you have Sigfox. So there are so many technologies which is either on the license band or the unlicensed band. So the license band, NB-IoT is well like Maxis, Maxis, DG and all that, they will launch NB-IoT. So people who don't have the license, they might just launch using LoRa for some as simple as that. Yeah. Doctor, uh, the, is, uh, besides the license spectrum, what are other ways of to measure the efficiency of all these uh, providers or technologies? The uh, sorry, what yes, what's your question, Jamana? Because uh, there are a lot of providers here. You can see that you have NDIOT, LoRa, and so on. So it's either license or unlicensed spectrum and also maybe adjacent technologies. So there are so many out there mm. in the market now. So how do we measure or how do we choose? Ah, the, the question is how do we SMEs? choose? Yeah. Okay, uh, how do we choose? That's another lecture too. But anyway, <laughs> the way that we choose, it depends on the, the coverage, lah, the easiest part, yeah? the coverage and the cost, and also depends on the data that you want to transmit. There are certain technologies that requires higher speed. They can make use better speed like 5G, 4G, 3G. Uh, then it depends on your device, whether you have constant power or not. Some connectivity uh, have less power consumption. So you might, you might want to use that. Sometimes you just send once a day. So maybe like uh, LoRa and BIoT is suitable for that. Uh, sometimes you need continuous data transmission. So you might need a different kind of connectivity altogether. So it depends on the capacity, the coverage, and the power consumption that you want to use. Yeah. So... Then there is these challenges. Why? Everything is so excited. Everyone wants to jump to IoT, but why so difficult? So one of the things that a lot of organizations must have that clear vision and mission what to do, what problems, problems that they are trying to solve. So define that first. And then secondly, they, of course, the talent is still very new. Technology move very fast. Even the IT people still need to go and learn about new, new technologies coming in. And then you must see that this IoT go across all divisions maybe from the network, from the IT, from the business, from the strategic, from the marketing, everyone have to play a role. So then you need a champion that can break down all these barriers. Otherwise, everyone works in silos. You don't know what happened because otherwise it's very difficult. IoT actually will enable the whole organization. Yeah? So you need the buy-in from all parties. But the fourth part is where the, the biggest headache lah, because people are so uh, complacent that people are have difficulty to change, uh, processes need to change, uh, transformation will happen, people either will be removed or changed or being retrenched or okay, whatever. That's where people are get worried about the new technologies. So the mindset transformation needs to be there too. So change transformation will also take place during this particular period. Yeah. 
And you know the the main capri is because people are very feel comfortable lah. So when you do a bungee jumping, most of the time some people just stand at the edge, don't want to jump. Just like a new technology like this. So what's the easiest way for you to make that one jump, single jump? So you need to have someone to kick you, to push you. So Alhamdulillah, last year there's there's this particular someone that can actually push us. Actually, it's the COVID nineteen. So COVID nineteen realize make us realize that it's important for us to make that jump. Technology will help you. Otherwise, uh, your business will be offline. You know, you are not connected. Uh, things that you want to do, uh, you cannot send people out because of the MCO. You need to use IoT to do remote monitoring, for example, as simple as that. So that is what happened. So IoT ni comes, and then we, we also see that IoT is suddenly become from small ripple from the 1999, it's very quiet until 2014, and then suddenly it goes up become a big tsunami. Why? It's not only because of education, it's also because of technology. For example, uh, when we say that the hardware becoming cheaper and becoming smaller, the design, the, the, the ICs and all that, connectivity everywhere and become cheaper too. You can access everywhere. The software development becoming easier. It's drag and drop sort of thing. The most law, the, the, the number of transistors double every year. The Metcalf's network law, the effect of everything is being connected. So a lot of data can be generated. So this is where the inflection coming. And, and also now people realize that it's important for them to monitor the assets or the environment from remote. Uh, you have an assets that you want to monitor, the things that you send through, uh, you want to, to, to track your goods. Uh, you want to know and the quality of the goods, you know, whether the fruits, whether it's still fresh or not. A person is also an asset. The, the health is the asset. You want to monitor the person. How you want to do that? Most likely, you will have a wearable device. Maybe your house is an asset. You want to monitor whether people, uh, you know, for security purpose. The bus is also an asset. You want to know for the, the, the stakeholders, for the people who want to take the bus, want to know where's the, the next bus. You know, your electricity consumption, the car park, everything that you feel that is an asset, that can be connected. Nowadays, people also have this toothbrush. They feel that toothbrush is also something that needs to be connected because they will trigger something that you need to brush your teeth <laughs> to trigger whether you need a toothpaste or all that. Yeah, crazy people do that, but it's, it's, it's working. <laughs> okay. So if you feel that can turn into a business model, then so be it. So anything that you feel that is assets is very expensive and it's worth for you to be uh, monitored, connect that with the certain senses. And, and this is the way that IoT can transform, what we call the 7M of the business. Yeah? You take a look at the first M, the manpower. Technology like IoT can help you in terms either to reduce the manpower, right? Because you can do that by remote, for example, so you don't have to send more people. So only using uh, internet connectivity, you can read meters everywhere easily. Yeah? You can make it more efficient, more productive using IoT. Material, for example, when you are sending material uh, to the warehouse, you know, just in time, so you know exactly where the location of the material, how, how many is in the stock, for example. So you keep stocks. So then you don't waste your, your cost. The cost can be very high if you cannot maintain it well. And then the machines, you want to understand the utilization of the machine, whether it's breaking down or it's not fully utilized. You can have sensors that can tell you that. And then you look at the methods. Some methods, for example, a lot of times the SOP, eh? 
the traditional SOP tells you that you need to do this, 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 sampai three people or four people need to sign off. I mean, why? If you use technology, you can reduce everything. So you just use, it triggers everything. You can even make payment out of that using blockchain and IoT because it makes secure. The moment you complete your job or things that you have received, you sign off, payment will be made automatically. So no one can sign off in between. So you can reduce all that method. Yeah. I've seen one, one organization, we, we face this organization. We say that uh, with our technology, you don't have all to do all that. With a single snap of photo, you can do a lot more things. You can transform your business, make it easy. No, I don't want to change because this SOP has been for more than 10 years already. <laughs> so they don't want to change that. So if you can't change your processes, then it's very difficult for technology to transform. Yeah. So then we look at market. The things that you have developed in-house now can be a market for local and also global. It's the same problems that other countries face. So you can make become a global market. Money, you can create new revenue streams, new projects, and new, new products. Uh, then you can see that whether this, uh, this can help you in terms of expanding your, 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 your top, top line. Yeah. So you can even uh, make sure that you can reduce cost, for example. Yeah. And then the management, of course, without all these technologies, data is cannot go to them. Then they have difficulty to make decisions. So the insights are not, uh, they, they don't have very transparent. Yeah. Out of these uh, seven M's, from your experience, which is most appropriate for the SMEs to focus on? Uh, start. Yeah. That's why I said the, the organization need to tell, look at the, all the seven M's, which M's that is the main priority. Choose the three M's. I cannot tell you them. There might be people who have good manpower, material, and machine, but their methods, their market, their, their management are, is bad. So they might feel that that is their focus. So look at the seven M's, prioritize that on the three, at least the three top ones, and then work using technology to help them on that. Yeah. So because we need to always, uh, when we work with organizations, they, we need to work together with them, understand their problems. So once you understand that, okay, I want to implement IoT. So how do you want, I want to go about this? So IoT also have different phases of maturity. So you can have, you can have tons of money, you can implement big one. Lah. But if you don't have tons of money, you can start small. That's how IoT matured slowly. So what you do that, first one is do monitoring, the first phase. So if you have a car, you want to monitor them, put a GPS. Uh, that's simple as that. But uh, later, if you feel that the car is being stolen, you want to find your car, you will know where's the car, but how do you uh, control the car? So that's where the next step is. You can put actuators and you can control the car. So when the car is moving, you can control it. You can have uh, immobilize the engine and then you can stop the car. And then uh, you see that a small, a small sensors are being put inside the car you can optimize the way that you uh, drive the best routes, for example, because the car will know exactly every day where, where you travel. And the engine, the, the, the sensors that tell you the fuel, the battery, the tire, uh, everything about the, 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 the car. Then you can ensure that you can send the car for service not every 10,000 kilometers, maybe later because it's still in a good condition. Now it's always scheduled maintenance can. Why should you schedule maintenance? We, we, we send the car because there is a problem. Uh, so that's how we do it. Uh, 
And then finally, you, you go to autonomous. So that's the fourth level. When the car is being equipped with so many sensors, it can drive by itself. Lah. So if you look at all the four maturity levels, it disrupts every business or it creates new business opportunity. Uh, it started off with car monitoring and then car security and then car service. Later, you see autonomous cars being created. So every time a new technology or a maturity happen, it will disrupt a lot of organizations. So you will see that what's happened after autonomous car. So we will see that, you know, like autonomous car like this, uh, when at one time people, when Uber and Grab came, come in to Malaysia, we feel that everyone can become a taxi driver or new jobs have been created, right? Uh, not only the taxi driver, but other people can become a taxi driver. But when driverless taxi comes in, no one can become a taxi driver. <laughs> so you lose jobs. Uh, so then, then you see that after this, you see that even the taxi can fly. Uh, then, so new things comes in and uh, it will disrupt again another new business. So business like also can be integrated with different sectors. For example, like IoT, insurance and mobility. How can you incorporate this and put IoT embedded and make a new business model? Uh, for example, uh, did you know that you have that, what you call the ABC of the driver? ABC of the driver. A means the way that you accelerate. B is the way that you brake. C is the way that you corner. The acceleration, braking, and cornering tells you the behavior of the driver. Uh, and then plus S, the way that you speed, lah, your speed limit. <laughs> so if you combine that, then you will know your risk factor. So you are 82% uh, good driver or 100% safe driver, or you are bad driver, 49%. So uh, like Kasana, they have this drive mark. You can download it. You can check it out. You will see that how you, you drive along, you'll see your, your trend. So the risk factor here can work with the insurance company. Previously, the insurance company tells you that you pay the same amount. But if I'm the safe driver, I can pay cheaper premium. Why should I pay higher? If you are a reckless driver, you pay higher. Lah, again, uh, because you, you are reckless. So now they are using this risk factor into the insurance uh, term. Uh, last time, they just used whether you're woman, man, different way of driving. Young, old people, different way of driving. But I don't believe that. Some people, you know, male or female, doesn't matter. But the actual one, if you can measure that using an IoT sensor. What if you can put this at the bus, balik kampung, right? You put a, a, a signboard saying that the bus driver is 82%. <laughs> okay, lah, save. Lah. But what if the, the bus driver is uh, 50%? Do you want to take that? Uh, so it's reckless driver. So you don't want to take that kind of bus. <laughs> okay. So there's rating and ranking of the bus driver. I don't know whether the business, uh, the, the driver wants to do that or not. But <laughs> that's you know, something that you can do. So other applications, you can do that. Like this is a classic way of, uh, smart fridge. I think you you heard about this many times about when the the your ice cream have, you know lack of ice cream, then the sensor in the the fridge will trigger to the cloud and uh, to the uh, the manufacturer. The manufacturer will trigger whether you ask you whether you want to order another ice cream and so on and so forth lah. Uh, so like smart waste is the same thing. Smart waste now we have like uh, garbage bin, we have uh, at the traffic uh, lamp post all the the right sensors to trigger uh, the, the garbage bin, whether they need to pick up the garbage or not. Uh, 
But the most important part is that the data that we collected from even that garbage can help other stakeholders. The city councils will benefit that recycling plant will no want to do that. Manufacturing plant will also understand how much uh, they, 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 they produce garbage, for example. And then the health and safety authorities will know whether how clean is the city and all that. So data like this okay. is important. Sorry. Right. Is, is, this, is this a data also uh, recognizable or also contribute, contributes to the uh, carbon dioxide control? Yes, yes. In smart cities? Yes. That's why I think it will contribute anything which is mobile. It will contribute to a carbon footprint. So that's why a lot of smart cities, the first implementation they will do is parking. Do you know why? A lot of congestion, 30% of the congestion in, in all cities happen is because the, the, the car is trying to find a cup, uh, the right car park. So they move round and round and it will cause congestion and it will cause a lot of this carbon. So what if you can reduce the number of people moving around trying to find the car park is by telling them the availability of the car park. So when they know the availability of the car park, they will quickly park it exactly where the empty space. The moment they can reduce the, 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 the congestion, then the carbon footprint also will be reduced. So that's why I think a lot of smart cities work on that green environment by solving the parking issues. Because of these new things, there are technology that's happening now. So we, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to do. So people do this for trial purpose. Trial is important because one, we got to understand whether the market will adopt this new technology or not, whether driverless taxi that comes in and whether the woman will like to take a no driver taxi. <laughs> okay. So they need to understand that. And then we need to understand whether the business model, how do you want to pay that? Is it by, by subscription-based, product-based, or even outcome-based? If you can, I can arrive within 30 minutes, I'll take the, the flying taxi. Confirm 30 minutes or less. All right. If otherwise, I will take just the ground taxi. That's an outcome base. And then we look at the policy and, uh, policy and regulatory. It's important for us because new technologies like flying taxi covers different authorities. You know, it's not the ground already, not aviation. So everyone has to come together. And of course, the technology maturity. Lah. So like, for example, technology needs to be matured enough to fly the taxi 30 minutes, eh? the battery, it doesn't, cannot, let more than 30 minutes, the battery die. So we just go down. So you just know, want to know all these four things, then we can work our, we can test out our technologies. That's why our, uh, in Malaysia, we, we have this NTIS, a sandbox for you to play around with these new technologies and understand the impacts of the four factors that I mentioned just now. So, so uh, one, how, how safe is this sandbox actually? Uh, how, how much can they resist or what do you call this? Can they cater for these uh, mistakes to be done in the sandbox? Usually uh, for all these startups. Uh, they, they will give you a grant like 250000 to play around with. That's the, the cost <laughs> will happen if the, 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 your sandbox, your project fail. That's how much. So that they will limit that in terms of the cost lah, factor. So they don't give you a very big grant uh, for you to test out. So, uh, but you, the, the, the NTIS will actually bet through whether the feasibility and the practicality do, but they will have, see whether they, they can support you to a regulatory body lah, because they uh, assist you in terms of the, the that upper two, 
the problem for you to penetrate the market because of certain regulation. Yeah, uh, they will try to help you there. But technology wise, you will come in and test it out there. Yeah. All right. There's one question here uh, from Mr. Nanta. Um, IoT devices. How to program IoT devices according to required application in industrial automation? Yeah, uh, I will come to that in my, my section. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll say that because there's a certain slide to tell you how to start off in your journey in programming the devices. Yeah. So before that, once you understand how to do that, you will under take note of the data ownership because that's important the moment you want to use the data whether the data is personal, private, which organization, or the public, the government, or it's commercial, you can buy the data from, from someone. So the data can come from everywhere. It can come in many forms, yeah? The volume, the velocity, the veracity, and the variety of the data. The, the data once you collected is that, the reason being is that the higher into the value pyramid, the above one, does answer the questions of uh, why, then it will bring more meaning. If it's just purely data, purely symbols, figures, statistics, it doesn't make anything uh, much. But if it can translate the questions of who, what, where, and when, it becomes information. So go up higher, it becomes knowledge, answer the question of how. So that's why when you start to collect your data, you, for example, in smart parking, empty or full parking is not enough. You want to know who parked there, where exactly the parking lot, right? You want to know uh, what kind of vehicle. And then the, 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 the parking operator wants to know how to implement a tiered parking mechanism, how to find overstate vehicle. This is the questions of making money. Lah. Uh, so that is more important. Then from there, you find the right sensors. Lah. Okay. So the sensors can come from various sectors, but you can blend the data together. So the important part is that uh, you need a platform for you to blend the data, collect it and aggregate it, and then you can create an application. You use your machine learning or deep learning to do that. So this is what we do. The, the question that the person asked just now, how do we program it? I think as simple as if you have learned about Arduino Raspberry Pi using ESP32, you can program that. Uh, they, have, they have a certain API that you can connect to a platform. So you can point the, your, your URL directly to the, the IoT platform. So the IoT platform will aggregate all the data that comes from different sources of data, uh, sensors. Yeah? So the sensors can directly come from a gateway or even directly from the, the devices itself. It comes from different protocols like CoApp, RESTful, MQTT. So the, the platform itself will aggregate it and will have a certain business logic that you can trigger automatically. So you need to program uh, the platform uh, to control your devices from that aspect. Yeah. But in uh, this platform also provide you a dashboard for you to view whatever data that you have collected. But if you want to create your own dashboard, you can extract the data out and you can create your own dashboard or you can create your own application. So there, there are API that's being offered to connect your access data from the platform itself. So for the end user, they only have to think about the applications by the, the sensors, which is have quite open, lah, open sensors, otherwise so proprietary hardware, then can connect to a the platform with the right protocols. And then the application developer can create their own verticals. 
So for us, we, we encourage this for a lot of other parties to create their own solutions. Yeah. So uh, what we call, because we want to create an ecosystem. We, Which is available uh, online, doctor? doctor? Yeah. Is the system available online? We can yes, buy it online? Yes, it's available online. So you can okay. scan the QR code there. You can uh, register as a developer. Yeah. There might be some yeah, interested parties here. Okay. Sure, sure. So we have that. Uh, uh, we'll share you the, the slides later with the QR code. You can scan it and then you can join as the community. So because we want to create as many IoT developers in Malaysia and other rest of the world lah, yeah, using the similar platform to ease their development. So rather than months become weeks, from weeks become days yeah, to simplify their development process. So this is the... what. So now we have about 4,000 uh, IoT developers around 109 countries around the world using that, this platform. So we encourage the whole ecosystem to grow. Yeah? We are unable to provide. So they have like 4,800 applications, which I don't know what they develop. But if they work with us, we will develop for them. Lah. But at the moment, uh, these are they, they develop by themselves. Yeah. So we encourage them to, to, to become an IoT developer. So these are some of the sample applications where they can do for water quality. This is all for environmental, lah. water quality, weather, water monitoring. And uh, for example, uh, there are certain like data center, ambient monitoring, uh, smart city uh, noise monitoring, parking. And then if for warehouse, you have asset monitoring, power monitoring, you know. So you name it, you, you name it. You, uh, if you are in this particular sector, define your problem, then we can come in and provide you the right solutions. Yeah. So this is my final slide. Eh? So the final slide is how do we start every all of this? One is first develop a small and very focused solutions that you feel that can help you to solve your problem. Start small. You can think big, but can start small. Once you have done that, you can prove that you can have a buy-in with your management. And from there, you can start to integrate to your back-end system, maybe your legacy system. And then from there, you can create more applications later with innovating with new workflow that it was well integrated, new business model, or maybe new insights that you can come in. Yeah? So that's how we do it. Think big, you can start small, with the right POC, then you can do it. Either you do in-house or you work with a partner. Okay. So with that, thank you very much. I have about seven minutes before I rush back to another webinar. <laughs> thank you very much, Dr. Mazlan Abbas. I think within this uh, 50 to 55 minutes, Dr. Mazlan has explained a lot about the IoT applications and how it can be made to use in our industry, especially the SMEs, and also to entrepreneurs individuals are doing businesses or also doing manufacturing or services, maybe this can be an eye-opener for us to help us to further nourish and enhance our business. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are a few minutes left. Do you have any question that you would like to ask Dr. Mazdan to get some insights regarding what he has mentioned just now or explained with regards to the IoT application? Any question? One waiting for the uh, uh, question. The yeah. one, the, the, the person who asked me the question, how to program it. Uh, yes. Uh, I will suggest you to register this as a, use, uh, as a platform user. Uh, there is a free, there's a premium one. Lah. You can start with a free one, you start off. Then we will send you all the resources. 
yeah, the videos, the, the codes, whatever, that you can try by yourself. Quite easy. Any question that you would like to ask? Okay, there's one question here, doctor. What is the organizational psychology of IoT? How does it affect the psychology of the operators? Uh, uh, maybe needs, need a little bit more clarification. Uh, yeah. Do you have? Okay. All right. In uh, terms of what areas of psychology uh, you mean? Uh, from... Mr. Anonymous, right? Anonymous, okay. uh, Mr. Anonymous, <laughs> in what aspect of organizational psychology for IoT? Does it mean that is it towards the workforce? Yeah. Or to the process or the people? No, I think it's more about the, the people, uh, but the psychology, the transformation of the organization. It involves the process and also the people themselves. Uh, they need to understand that how uh, technology like this can help them instead of uh, obsoleting their job. They might be, you know, uh, uh, you know being, uh, being reskilled into a new jobs, which will help them to make it more productive uh, rather than uh, doing the same old thing. Lah. So I think that the mindset transformation is the one that is very, very, very uh, critical. And a lot of times when people ask about robots, the same thing. When robots come in, whether they are trying to replace us or not. So it's the same thing with IoT. Uh, you, the best part is you must have the, the champion above that can uh, champion the whole thing, break down all the barriers. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, maybe, doctor, another, what do you call this, uh, advice that you would like to give right, with regards to Devices, IoT devices, which are successfully implemented in heavy industry. Does the IoT devices give precise feedback when in, applied in, in heavy which industry? industry? Heavy, heavy industry. industry, maybe like steel construction or things like that. Okay, uh, I would suggest you go for industrial IoT devices. Uh, there are quite a lot of devices out there uh, are being designed and custom made for heavy industries. Uh, it depends on the environment itself, whether uh, there are two things, whether the electronics part is which is industrial grade and also the, the, the casing part is which also uh, IP65 or IP proper that depending on the environment that you work with. So they, they uh, in terms of uh, accuracy and all that is proven because uh, it has been tested and uh, most of the time the one that being uh, commercialized are being certified by like CIRIM or for example, they have to go through that process of uh, robustness and certification process. Okay. Right, especially I was thinking about uh, looking into the sensors to be implemented or to be fixed in the steel industry where you have to deal with very high temperatures like 1,800 degrees, 2,000 degrees Celsius. Yeah, of course they need to go like CIRIM, whatever. Great. Yeah. Okay, maybe I can take this uh, one last final question. Um, for SME to embark on IoT, do they really need an IT expert inside their company? Any advice, doctor? Uh, what's the question? For SME to embark uh -huh. on IoT, do they really need an IT expert inside the company? What's your advice? Okay, IoT is the same like in the universities. Uh, they, they comprise of 
engineering, electronic engineering, and computer science group of people. So it depends on your, if you have this combination of people, they might be the best combination lah, who understands the, the device hardware, uh, the communications protocol, and the computer science part, the analytics part. Uh, the IT people might be well-known in the network and maybe on the computer science part, but they might not know much about the device part. So if you can combine it a little bit, because IoT is always talk about OT and IoT. It's a combination of you know, the operational people, uh, technology and the IT people. Uh, that's the best part. Lah. Okay, all right. So... Thank you very much. All right. So everybody who has been participating in this uh, webinar, I think lots of questions might be asked to her later in the, what do you call this, in the next, uh, what we can do it in the next webinar. They are really interested to know about the technical aspect of this uh, IoT and also IR 4.0. But of course, with the limitation of time, we cannot be answering all that. Inshallah, God willing, we will do it in our next session. And Lastly, I would like to thank you. Uh, thanks again to Dr. Mazdan Abbas for sharing the information, interesting information, all right, giving us new insights and maybe a new paradigm for the SMEs and also for the operators of industries to keep on nourishing what they have been doing, to keep on advancing with what they've been doing. So thank you very much. Thank See you. you again. Thank okay. you. Don't forget to keep track of your vaccines. Okay. Lindung diri. Lindung semua. Sekian. Thank you. Bye-bye.